0: Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host,
1: the President of Valor Fights, Tim
0: Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined uh, once again by our returning co host, Justin Watson, conspicuous by his absence the last couple of weeks. He is off the ski slopes and uh, back in front of his laptop, ready, ready to break it down here. Uh, also got Greg Hopkins back with us as well. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Uh, Justin, how's it been? It's
2: been good, man. It was nice to get a, a little vacation and uh, catch the last little bit of snow before, before they close up for the year.
0: No doubt, man. No doubt. Greg. Uh, what's been going on in your world? It's been—I uh, know—we uh, chat all the time about our our action here. hows, uh, is, how's is it been up? Has it been down?
1: Uh, it was a uh, really good actually this weekend up until the main event because I decided to get a big dick and throw everything down on teal. But um, other than that, I had a great weekend. I went to Gatlinburg and had a little vacation too. It was awesome. We had fun.
0: Very good very good a little a little recharge the batteries never hurts for sure uh, let's uh, let's get into it man uh, this week uh, we've got a, we've got a, some some recapping to do we're gonna go over UFC London we're gonna preview UFC Nashville UFC season is in Tennessee this weekend and man I I'm not trying to be a hater or whatever but I this is probably the first card that I've that I we've had in Tennessee that I'm just kind of meh, nah, you know, I, I don't. I, they never seem to bring us just the most star-studded cards. I don't expect that, but at the same time, um, I was still a little let down uh, by this one. We'll get into that uh, as as we go, and then a little bit later, we'll uh, we're going to talk to the other half of the main event for. Valor 57, which goes down April the 5th at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Last week, we spoke, we spoke with Shamir Peshewa, who uh, will be facing Gina Elliott. And we're going to talk to Gina Elliott tonight, uh, just a little bit later. But for now, let's jump into the recap for the UFC on ESPN Plus number five. It's crazy. I've already had five of these on ESPN Plus. This one uh, was Saturday afternoon. So, yeah, it was an early start time in London. We had um, uh, not too much uh, good luck on my DraftKings. I I, uh, Greg uh, and Justin, I'll, I'll get into to yours here shortly, and we'll see how everybody did. I've got the, the winning lineup, and we'll go over that as well. Uh, first, we'll just kind of run down the results, though, the prelims. Um, we had a lot of uh, you know European talent. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, American presence on this card. Uh, we jumped off with an upset right off the bat. One of the top favorites on the card, uh, Nadir Amani, gets upset by Mike Grundy Grundy looked really good, Um, tough guy, and he was rocked uh, at one point, but came back and and hurt uh, Nirmani and got the stoppage in the second round uh, with punches, TKO. Uh, Then we saw Molly McCann get a unanimous decision over Priscilla Cachuera, who uh, I'm not that impressed with. I don't know that she's UFC material. I I just, um, you know, Molly McCann's tough, but just not an overly, all I've seen Priscilla Cachoeira do so far is look, you know, subpar. Uh, that said, her first one, I guess, was, was against Shevchenko, so it's easy to do. Uh, we had another uh, another kind of somewhat upset on the next one. Dan Ige defeats Danny Hendry. Uh, Ige, the American, gets the win there with a, a rear naked choke in the first round. Uh, then we saw Sep Harbeg, Safarov get a unanimous decision over Nick Nagamaranu. Uh, some fouls early in that one uh, by Safarov. I, I want to say he was holding – he had – we, I think we might have had like two points deducted. I may have to defer to you guys on this. He was holding the cage and kind of a kind of a dirty fighter. That guy, uh, Mark uh, Diakasi, uh, with a, an upset win over Joe Duffy by unanimous decision, and then uh, rounding out the uh, the preliminary card there, Arnold Allen uh, defeats Jordan Rinaldi, second American presence on the card by unanimous decision. I'd taken a chance on Rinaldi, hoping his wrestling would. Saved the day, and it did not. Uh, side note, we lost a fight on the prelims as well. It was supposed to be Tom Breeze and Ian Heinish who I was kind of looking forward to that fight. They weighed in, and everything seemed okay, and then Breeze uh, withdrew with health concerns on fight day. Uh, just uh, overall uh, take early on these uh, prelims. Anything stand out to you, Justin?
2: Yeah, I just caught the first three. I was at a dance competition, so I was watching it on my phone, but... Um, I had to turn it off after the first three. Um, Mike Grundy, you know, weathered a storm, came back and, and scored a huge knockout. Um, and like you said, Cachoeira, she's uh, she's not that great. I mean, it was a fun fight. I, I, I think both girls probably won some fans over just, just you know, kind of getting in there and trading. Um, but, you know, just pretty sloppy. Uh, gay and Henry... I got totally wrong. I thought that Danny Henry was going to be able to, you know, win that fight and uh, uh, submission, maybe even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, he, he just kind of ran in there and and did his thing and walked out. So um, the fights that I saw were all were all pretty good. Uh, you know, just for a for a midday something to watch while I'm waiting on kids to dance that I don't know. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Greg, your thoughts on these prelims?
1: I didn't really get a chance to catch any of the prelims.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you, uh, nothing to me stuck out as just like must see. You know, I thought the, uh, the upset of Joe Duffy was somewhat noteworthy, but no one really just took a huge step forward. We saw some people maybe take some steps backwards, but uh, no one just jumps off the page. Moving on to the main card, Jack Marshman gets a split decision win over John Phillips. I didn't get to see much of that fight, but apparently it was really close. And uh, I got lucky because I did load up on Marshman there. (laughs) And apparently it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Claudio Silva gets the win with an armbar over Danny Roberts in the third round and improves to 13-1. And then Nathaniel Wood uh, gets a rear naked choke in the second round. He's a big favorite, and Cash is, uh, is probably one of the biggest favorites on the card over Jose uh, Quinones. Uh, Justin, any uh, anybody here uh, is look, uh, look appealing to you? When the Wood is wood, – wood, this Nathaniel Wood, he's got some some appeal, I think, and, and Claudio Silva is, is, is quietly building a record.
2: Yeah, I missed these three, uh, and I was, I was able to, to get back in the next fight, but I won on all three fights i had i had marshman and wood um all in the book so i was i was happy to, to see that that i picked up the wins but uh didn't get to see those three lives
0: greg you're uh did you get to catch any of these
1: uh no i really I, that's uh i think i did catch one of the prelim cards actually which i'm sorry i'm sitting here I'm sitting here trying to remember exactly who who were all on the prelims. And who were all on the main card? That the fighter you were talking about with who kept grabbing the cage. Was, how do you pronounce his name?
2: Oh,
0: that was that uh, Saperbeg Safarov.
1: Okay, so that was on the main card. That wasn't on the
0: prelims. No, that was prelims. Yeah, that was that was prelims.
1: That okay, was well, that was prelims as already. it could fucking be. <laughs> did, did he? Yeah. Did he? Uh, did, did how many? Did he, was he coming off of two losses right there going into that fight?
0: Um, maybe that seems familiar. Uh, I I know that he was uh, the underdog. He I got I cashed on him at plus money. Uh, let's see, looking at him, he had lost two in a row. Yeah, Tyson Pedro beat him, and John Volante had beat him. So he, this was a, his first UFC fight. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, that fight I actually did get to catch that one because I actually laid some money uh, on the opposer there because uh, the only reason I got so pissed off is because every time he made a uh, an advancement at all in the fight, completely was by grabbing the cage, and the referee told him four or five times, stop grabbing the cage, stop grabbing the cage before he even said anything. And, like, did, I don't know, did he deduct one or two points there? What was it? I want to say it might have been
0: two points.
1: I thought it was two points, and then, therefore, I thought it was a good – I thought it would end up being a draw for the end of the fight, but it wasn't because he ended up losing, you know, down there every round. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is some bullshit. <laughs> but uh, Woods, as far as Woods on the main cards, he stuck out to me a lot. Great deal. I had him on on my DraftKings, um, I had him on my gra- Draft DraftKings too. That's uh, hold on, I'm trying to pick it out right now.
0: I'll tell you, my DraftKings was real bad. I had um, – well, we'll go over our DraftKings after we finish the, the rundown here. we got three more to do. Uh, yeah. Dominic Reyes, he gets a split decision over Vulcan Ozdemir. looked like, uh, you know, that one was really close as well. Big win for Reyes. Uh, I would, uh, you know, coming off the win over OSP as well. Now he's 11-0. and 0, And this is a guy that I'd really like to see – I'd like to see him fight Johnny Walker. I think that would be a really good fight and a good uh, step, an even bigger step up for both guys from what they've seen uh, up until now. I did have Dominic Reyes on my DraftKings and, and got a little bit off of him, and it wasn't a huge score for the – for the price, that, uh, for the price, you know, it was nine thousand plus, and he didn't get he didn't get me value there. Uh, Leon Edwards wins another split, a lot of split decisions on this car. another split decision. Leon Edwards over Gunnar Nelson, uh, and he climbs to seventeen and three. And we'll talk a little bit about his altercation with one, the winner of the main event here in a moment. But uh, Justin, any thoughts on the feature or the co-main here? Dominic Reyes is somebody to to keep an eye on. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> Ozdemir is a real test. He, you know, he's somebody who's who's been up there at the top, and um, I, you know, I had Ozdemir in the fight, so I uh, may have been a little biased watching it, but I thought I thought Ozdemir did enough to pull it off. Um, but you know, just just putting on that good of a fight against Ozdemir, you know, Ozdemir came ready and, and you know planning on on winning the fight, and Braz uh, hung in there and and you know fought tough. Uh, totally surprised by the Leon Edwards and, and Gunnar Nelson. I thought Gunnar was going to be able to just out wrestle him and kind of you know Leon out wrestled Gunnar Nelson. That you know totally took me by surprise. Uh, I don't even think that it should have been a split decision. I think it should have been unanimous for for Leon Edwards on that one. Um, but really impressed, really impressive fight by him for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a big win for for Leon Edwards, and you know, uh, as we'll talk about here in a moment, he he's starting to put himself in some conversations for some bigger fights now. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Uh, Dominic Ray as uh, winner and Leon Edwards?
1: Yeah, I had uh, actually made me a little parlay uh, right there for that main main slot of the card because that's about the time we were leaving the water park and getting back to the back to where we were staying. So I took. Um, for the night i took nathaniel wood dominique reyes <clears throat> leon edwards and uh big loser in the main event i parlayed all them together for 20 dollars to win 65 or something wow. like that and uh had i had a little bit more cash flow in my on my on my account i would have uh went ahead and hedged that bet and took jorge but didn't have any more cash because that was the last 20 bucks i had after uh, after some basketball action i'd lost on but uh Overall, for the main slate, I thought I thought everything fell fell the way it had. But Balkan, man, oh God, he's he stood out to me a lot like throughout the year because he keeps winning and doing real well. And I was I just keep thinking he's like so slow, but he packs so much. He has so much heat in them gloves, like he can knock anybody out every time he was throwing. I was, uh, you know, I was scared for Reyes, but I mean, Reyes is on another level right now
0: yeah man i'd really like to see i'd really like to see him uh in a big fight next you know really like a a, a, a five a marquee level five on a pay-per-view or a big card like that uh main event that was uh ah, man that we went out with a bang there uh sent the crowd home um unhappy uh, uh it was masvidal winning with a second round i guess it was um yeah, yeah, second round, second round knockout, man. It was vicious over Darren Till. Uh, he, oh, wow, man, he, he hit him so uh, he hit him so hard. And Darren Till was out as he fell, clipped him yet again on his way down, and then uh, finished it up with a big hammer fist on the ground. It was a little scary for a moment, and Till was out for a minute. And a uh, big, huge win for Mosvidal, who it was, uh, you know, underdog in that fight. Afterward, in his press conference, we had words and even blows exchanged between him and Leon Edwards. So it looks like we could potentially have that fight starting to, to shape up. I'm guessing UFC will, will try to do something with that, if I, if I had to guess. But Mosvidal was one of the cheapest options uh, you could play on DraftKings, and he really returned great value there. Justin?
2: Totally surprised by that one, you know Mazda. Like you said, big underdog, uh, and it was a, it was a come from behind win. He was losing the fight, uh, didn't kind of look like he didn't know what, what to do in there for a minute. Till it was just so big, um, and and it, you know not not a lucky shot for sure. You know he he watched and and waited and timed it and waited for the hand to drop and and landed that shot, but. Man, I, I didn't didn't know he had that kind of power. Um, or is, is Till's chin just suspect? I'm not sure. But I like Masvidal at, at welterweight. You know, he, he's he's done done well there. I don't, I don't think he's quite ready for a title shot. But I don't I don't like the Leon Edwards fight either. I think he he deserves something a little bigger than that. Um, but maybe down the road, you know, they spark something up. I don't know. We'll see. Greg, your thoughts.
1: I I just uh, hell I don't think that I mean Jorge is a he's a street brother he's just and like like, like Justin said he didn't he wasn't a lucky shot man he timed it just perfect and uh, you know uh, props to him for uh, knocking out somebody who just thought they were just absolute the just like you know more dominant better superior fighter in the fight and you could tell by the way Till was moving and you know just you not really blocking he's just kind of like doing his thing trying to hit you not worrying about getting hit and that's when you know you drop your hands and it's curtains it just takes one shot um uh,
3: <clears throat>
1: but i enjoyed the whole thing but like just like the uh, the commentators were saying unbelievable after it happened that's exactly how i felt and like i was looking over my girl because i jumped up and i was like oh shit you know i still was happy that jorge won but uh was upset that i lost my parlay but she looked at me and she's like what's wrong what's wrong and i my ball was just dropped and as she's asking me what's wrong, it just got real quiet, and you can hear the commentators go, unbelievable. And she no. starts laughing. you're just like, what happened? <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, this is not funny. But that's what I was telling her. But, no, man, I, I actually enjoyed the whole card. at the whole man. But, uh, hey, I was going to uh, jump into something before we went to the next UFC card. You know, we had uh, Juan Piorta on last week. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, we, oh, we forgot MC to cover title.
0: that. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, we can – I, well, I was just going to throw that out there. We had him on on last week and everything, and uh, or we, it was, it might have been the week before last. But uh, we were, he was defending his title last Friday, and uh, all the way up until the main event, everything was good. They come out and say uh, Juan Piorta or Juan Piorta's been disqualified for you know they didn't tell us why they just said there will be no main event tonight, which uh, I don't think anybody's ever done that before. And uh, but they said the reason was because they found traces of uh, uh, THC in his system. So they uh, they suspended him indefinitely from Titan FC, but they did not make him uh, – they didn't strip him of his title. So I don't know what, what they're going to do. I guess he just gets to keep the title and go home with it, but he's out of the Tottenham FC now. So I don't know where Juan goes from here, but uh, I just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot to uh, let everybody know what happened with that. Yeah, yeah. I
0: appreciate you remembering that because I, it had slipped my mind. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly uh, – an Anti climatic end to that show. Uh, you know, we, I was watching and you know, Jared Gooden had just fought in the co main event, was pumped up for this main event, and uh, they announced that the main event was just off. The, the commission had uh, not, uh, had suspended uh, Puerta, and uh, and come to come to find out it, you know, the next day essentially that it was with, for uh, THC and uh. That's unfortunate, man, because, yeah, I mean, it really is crazy to me that the test came back at this at such a late hour, if you will. Seems to me like this would be something that they had knocked out earlier in the day, if not yet the day before or after the fight. You know, a lot of the times you'll see things overturned because uh, something's happened after the fight. But, man, a THC uh, traces or whatever is – I'm I'm astounded, honestly, (laughs) that they were. Call the fight off like yeah, that. Yeah, well, the- they
1: said, well, there was the boxing commission that actually, uh, you know, had said something to him or whatnot. But like you know, uh, Juan said even on the podcast last week that I'm not the one to come up to or you know or try to have any kind of confrontation with at all. So you know, you stepped in the way of somebody trying to pursue their dreams and live out the life that they want to live. And I think that I personally think that maybe they might have stepped in and said something to him. And in and, 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 and Juan's defense. It's very, very. It was really unfair. So he may have, he may have, uh, you know, uh, uh not a, not a went off a little bit, and they may have said, well, you can be, you can just be out of the organization altogether. We'll have to, have to catch up with one and uh, see what happened there. But, uh, let's get back to the UFC now. I just wanted to throw it out there before things, yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate you remembering it.
0: that. Well, we can do a quick rundown of what the best lineup you could have had last week was. Uh, the top lineup that you could have put together would have scored six hundred eighteen points. And I think it's safe to say it would have been fairly contrarian. Uh, Molly McCann puts up one hundred four and a half. She was uh, relatively priced, uh, relatively decently priced. As was uh, Silva, uh, who was eighty four and a half. Masvidal put up one hundred and two and a half, and he was real cheap and put up great value. Nathaniel Wood one hundred nine points. I think he was expensive. Dan Ige puts up uh, the best points of the night, I believe one hundred thirteen. And uh, he was mid-priced, I want to say right around eight. And then uh, Mike Grundy delivers huge value at 104 and a half points. And I want to say he may have been the absolute cheapest guy on the board. So 618 points would have took it down. uh, My lineup of Marshman, Silva, Safarov, Reyes, Nelson, and Henry didn't come near getting it done. I didn't score half of the winner. I had 307 and a half. And it just... uh, not going to cut it uh, in that slate there. Uh, moving on to uh, – let's move on to this uh, weekend. Again, we're in Nashville. Before we get into uh, the preview here, overall thoughts uh, from both of you guys on this lineup. Are you stoked for it? Are you stoked for it just because it's in Tennessee? Um, or is this legitimately a lineup that, that piques your interest? I know there's a couple names on there that have a little bit of southeastern intrigue. But, uh, you know, from overall standpoint, your, uh, your opinion on the, the quality of this car?
2: Justin, um, I, I think it's just some of the bigger names that we've had here. You know, I would have been happy to go, but um, I, I don't think it's that bad. Greg? I, uh, <clears throat>
1: I'm not going to say that it's not a not a bad card, but uh, I'm going to wait until uh, they come to Atlanta. Say so I'm going to save it for that one instead. Well, and, I think that card kicks its ass. Money.
0: Yeah, I think that Atlanta card dwarfs it. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. And you know, so if you've got the decision to make on which one to pick, then yeah, I don't. Think, I think the Atlanta card is uh, a no-brainer. And uh, you know, for us here in the East Tennessee area, it's a pretty comparable drive. You know, in um, Atlanta for you, I know is even a little closer, Greg. But um, right. Let's, let's jump into it. It's uh, this is another this is the ESPN Plus card again. Uh, we have, uh, looks like, 12 bouts on the card, and, um, you know, it starts off at uh, 5 o'clock uh, Saturday afternoon. And it uh, should be, it should be uh, exciting for a lot of the folks in the, in the southeast region. As I, as I mentioned, there's several fighters on this card that are going to be recognizable names for, uh, for our local fight fans. And so uh, we'll jump on into it. Let's see here. Um, We have uh, opening up the card. I believe it is flyweights, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, flyweights. We've got Eric Shelton taking on Jordan Espinosa. It is the UFC debut, if I'm not mistaken, for Espinosa. And he came off two wins on the Contender Series. Eric Shelton, uh, you know, he's on that season of tough with the flyweight. It's where there was all the flyweight champions. And I believe that it is, uh, you know, this is a fight where uh, their salaries are very similar on DraftKings. Uh, Espinoza is seventy five hundred here, and uh, and then Shelton, it looks like is uh, let's see, Shelton is eighty seven hundred. I feel like that's a little over overpriced on Shelton personally. Uh, then we've got a bantamweight bout. Chris Gutierrez takes on Ryan McDonald. Chris Gutierrez uh, 12 3 and one lost his debut fight in the UFC. Taking on Ryan McDonald, who is 10 and 0 from Nebraska. Not very impressed with Ryan McDonald's competition or from what I've seen so far, even at 10 and O, I I like Beauty in that one. And then Random Marcos, uh a strawway battle takes on Angela over Kill Hill. Uh, Random Marcos is 8 and 6, and Angela Hill is 8 and 5. Uh, looking at the DraftKings salaries, Chris Gutierrez is $8,300. And then uh, you can get uh, McDonald for 7900 And then Random Marcos and Angela Hill are the closest, almost the closest on the card. Um, is uh, Angela Hill is 8200 and Random Marcos is $8,000. Uh, your, your thoughts on these first three, Justin? Um, I
2: think. There's maybe some good value in Espinosa. I, I threw him on one. I've got one lineup that I did for um, the whole prelim card, um, but I like Espinosa. Another one I like on there is Random Marcos. I think it's going to be a t- tough fight, and I think she's going to you know end up just kind of grinding out a decision, um, end up scoring some points there.
0: I've got to agree with you on Espinosa. I'm going to throw Espinosa on some lineups. Like I said earlier, I really like, uh, I really don't like Ryan McDonald. So it's kind of a fade situation with him. So I probably can see me playing Chris Gutierrez on some lineups as well. Uh, end uh, I, I can't see myself playing Angela Hill. Uh, I, I, I might can see myself playing Random Marcos on some lineups. He'll just – the style, you know, if she's going to win, she's going to win a kickboxing match and not going to rack up a lot of, of, of drafting points for you. You need takedowns and, and advances and whatnot if you're not going to get finishes. Uh, Greg, your thoughts, any any plays on these first three fights, any of these uh, stand out? Uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to play any of these guys on
1: my lineup, but uh, I'll uh... – side with you on the uh ron mcdonald i was watching some of his fights earlier this week and uh i mean he's been fighting people that are like 16 and 19 yeah uh six and nine like all the people he's beat are are totally well below his uh his caliber so he was like superior to a bunch of inferior fighters on all of his last fights so that's why i'm gonna fade him against uh, chris and uh i, I I agree with y'all against Fade and Angela Hill. I, uh, I just, I, I don't know. I, I just can't, I just can't seem to, she doesn't, she just doesn't grow on me. I do like her weigh-ins and everything. She's pretty entertaining for the most part. But other than that, as a fighter, she's not going to score a lot of points for you. Uh, she's a win-loss, win-loss kind of fighter. She's not a, she's not really, uh, what's the word I'm starting with? I'm looking for starts with a C. Consistent. Uh, she's not consistent. That's exactly what I was looking for. And, uh. I might have to uh, side against y'all and uh, against Eric Shelton. I mean, I thought I think I might take Eric Shelton on that and fade fade. Uh, oh, uh, Jordan Esp- uh, Espinoza. I might I might um, fade him here. But uh, I
2: don't think know, I might take either
0: one the three my that, that Ryan McDonald is a late replacement. Originally it was supposed to be Martin Day, uh, Hawaiian fighter for Chris Gutierrez, and he he's out. So McDonald's in on about two weeks' notice. On top of on top of him being. Just, uh, you know, less than seasoned against top-quality opposition. Moving on to the well, – uh, what's that? I'm sorry?
1: No, no, I was just thinking, like, I'll, exactly what you said. Fade Ryan McDonald and almost maybe put him in your lineup. But, like you said, uh, you know, uh, Chris is uh, – he's he, how much he cost? Like, 83, 85? He's pretty he's high 80, there, isn't he's, he? he's 83. 83, yeah. You're looking for a finish if you're going to spend, you know, above 85 or more on a, on a fighter. So, he's 83. You're looking for a finish there. I don't know if he gets a finish, but –
0: I fade uh, Ryan in this fight. Moving on to the second half of the preliminary action, uh, we've got another female bout, and it is flyweights Alexis Davis nineteen and eight, the Canadian takes on Jennifer Maya, Brazilian is fifteen and five, and uh, this is a pretty good little fight right here. I, I like uh, Davis's wrestling here, though maybe over Maya. Uh, looking at the DraftKings prices, Alexis Davis is $8,600, and uh, Jennifer Maya is seventy six hundred. So uh, we're kind of getting into that range where you, you may need to finish out of Davis to hit value. And when we say hit value, I, I like I think the general consensus is you want to get 10 times you want to get uh, a multiplier of 10 times the money that you spent. So if you're spending uh, $9,000 on a player, you want to get at least 90 points out of them. And that way, uh, if that happens for you uh, across the board, you should have uh, 500 points when it's all said and done. Because <laughs> you, uh, you spent $50,000, right? So uh, anyway, I, that, you really need finishes once you start getting up towards that, that those salaries, unless you get, you know, those Tatiana Suarez decisions where she runs up like 180 points you know but uh, those are those are fewer and further between especially in female fights uh, the next bout on this card is Marlon Vera versus Frankie Sainz, and this is a fight that was supposed to happen a couple months ago I want to say it was it was scratched late uh, but Marlon Cheeto Vera we've had him on the show Valor our uh, alum and he is 14 and five coming into this and uh, Frankie Sainz is 12 and five and uh, the line on this one is is fairly close. Uh, Saines is 7800, and Marlon Vera is 8400. And uh, then the next uh, and final prelim is going to see Bobby Moffitt, the Wolfman, 14 and three. and he is taking on Bryce Mitchell, uh, who is uh, 145 uh, in this 145 contest. Bryce Mitchell was on the ultimate fighter out of that, uh, Mrs., I'm sorry, Arkansas area. He's fought for, B three and several promotions around the area, so he is uh, you know top young prospect, uh, kind of a fan favorite uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. But this is a tough one against Bobby Moffitt. You know Moffat's been there, done that. He's been around, and I, so I think it's a, a tough fight for Bryce Mitchell. Bobby Moffitt, eight thousand, I'm sorry, eighty eight hundred dollars on DraftKings, and uh, Bryce Mitchell is going to be seventy four hundred dollars, and he's
2: ten and one. Um, Justin, your thoughts? I like uh I like Alexis Davis is is wrestling on this one too. I'm taking her and Marlon Vera, um, on on one lineup. That's that's basically you know the first five or six fights or whatever it is. Um, so I've got those two on those. So Justin likes Alexis Davis and you said Marlon Vera.
0: Yeah. Myself, uh, I like Alexis Davis as well. I can see me playing her in some lineups. Um. Man, I'm on the fence on the Vera Sainz fight because, you know, the the wrestling of Vera, uh, I I read something somewhere that Vera has been taken down at least one time in every fight. Frankie Sainz has really good wrestling, so that one I'm a little on the, I can maybe see me taking Sainz in some lineups because he's only, uh, he's not very expensive. You know, he's 7,800, he's a little bit of salary relief and um bobby Moffitt, bryce mitchell man i that's one that i'm really on the fence i i like bryce mitchell's price because i know his uh potential but he gassed pretty bad in the in his uh fight that he had uh on the tough finale so man i uh it's, it's it's a tough call here i would probably say it's mitchell or nothing here i might play mitchell in some lineups greg i i can't
1: play mitchell in any of my lineups at all i just uh I don't. I mean, I. It's not like I don't like him. I just got to fade him here against Bobby Moffitt. Uh I like I like Marlon Berry here, and I like Alexis Davis. Uh, those are all my three. But I don't think I don't know. I'm still trying to debate on who I'm going to play on uh, on all my draft teams. I'm sitting here looking back and forth. I may have Alexis uh, Alexis Davis in there, and I really honestly don't like picking. I mean, women in my alliance because they don't you know usually score a lot of points unless it's like a big mismatch and you know like a cyborg versus somebody or. Anybody bigger, you know, to enough, anybody else, but uh, here Alexis Davis may uh, she may do something to, to Jennifer here. I don't know what to see, but this is this whole lineup for the, this whole weekend. I don't know if I'm going to be able to call myself the Draft King after last. It's a tough one isn't it? anymore because uh, yeah, because it's like I, everybody like every, ever since I've been winning a couple of lineups, I've had some people call and ask or you know message me and ask, hey, what uh, you know, give me some hints, give me something, and I'm like, and I'll throw like I threw them some last weekend, but hell. Like I, like I was in Gatlinburg and I didn't even get a chance to like really put a good lineup in. And, uh, I didn't realize it started at five, you know, so early. And by the time I, you know, really got to look at it, uh, somebody had asked me for my, for my picks and I sent them the copy of my picks cause I was at the water park, not really paying attention. And, uh, they're like, Hey, yo dude, one of your guys is out, Tom Breeze And I'm like, well, don't even pay attention to my lineups this week, but, uh, we'll, we'll get back to it next week. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if I want any of these three either. Any of these guys, I'm gonna have to go back. I may, I may pick uh, Oh Chris in the uh, in the second battle of the night against McDonald. I may get him, but other than those, the
0: first four or first six, I may not take any of those other than Chris. Moving on to the main card. And we've got a six bout main card. Uh, we have got, uh, Luis Pina. No, 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 no. I'm sorry that's next. Uh, we got females. We've got Macy Barber. She's undefeated and she is, uh, she's coming along quickly. She, uh, takes on another tough one though. JJ Aldrich, seven and two. And, uh, you know, m- these ladies are both moving up from, uh, straw weight to flyweight 125 here. Macy Barber is the favorite and she's high dollar. Uh, she's going to cost you. And, uh, uh, Macy Barber is uh, 80, uh, she's 8,900, 8,900 for Macy Barber. And uh, you can get uh, a, a nice discount on JJ Aldrich at 7,300. So I'm kind of curious if Aldrich is, you know, I don't know that Barbara's fought a wrestler or, that, or a fighter yet that's got the wrestling as like Aldrich. And so this is going to be a pretty good test for her. But, uh, you know, up until now, Barber has been super, super impressive. And I can see me maybe playing both these ladies in different lineups because they both got sneaky potential. Uh, I think if Barber gets the win, she's got a good chance at getting the finish. Uh, and then Aldrich, if she's able to be sneaky with that wrestling, she could she could certainly be a salary relief um, at her price of seventy three hundred. Um, moving on to the next bout a fighter that we know very well. Luis Piña, violent Bob Ross. Uh, He is taking on Steven Peterson in his first ever drop to 145. That's concerning, I think, to me. I mean, he's going to be a massively tall 145. -er. I'm I'm concerned about what it does to his cardio because his cardio didn't look good. He was really gassing bad at the end of his last fight and uh i i really uh this is a tough and steven peterson's tough man he's gonna he's gonna bring the pressure he's not a guy that backs up you know uh luis pina is a pretty heavy favorite here he's gonna cost you ninety two hundred dollars and you can get steven peterson for seven thousand dollars and i can't lie i love luis pina but i really love the value i feel like on steven peterson here at seven thousand dollars uh, and then uh, the, the next preliminary we'll cover here before we get to the final three, uh, pretty, pretty big flyweight showdown. I'll say that. It's odd that it's taking place here and not in Brazil. Two Brazilians going at it. Uh, uh, UCA Formiga taking on Davison Figueiredo, and uh, Figueiredo's undefeated. He's 15-0. Uh, Formiga, big step up for him. This is going to be his toughest competition yet, 22-5. You know, he's been in there with the best. And Figueredo is $8,500, and uh, you can get uh, Formiga for 7700
2: Justin? I think <clears throat> Formiga, I think, is a good value play on this one. I, I, like, I like his uh, ch- chances in this fight. I'll probably go with him on the books, too. Pena, I don't know for the price. I just don't know that uh, I, I want to spend that much. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I always want to pull for him, but um, – it's kind of scary at that price. Uh, I think Macy Barber is totally worth it though. Um, i've got I've got her and and Formiga in in some lineups of mine.
0: Myself, um, I am definitely uh, see myself playing uh, some Macy Barber. I Macy's need more more than not. Uh, JG Aldridge, I may still sneak into a couple lineups. I've um, I, I hate to do it, but I, I can't I can't play pay that much for Luis this time. I really hope he wins. You know, I'm I'm still rooting for him to win. But uh, Steven Peterson at seven thousand dollars seems like a pretty good relief option to be able to pay up for some other for some other uh, high dollar fighters. Uh, Formiga and Figueroa is a tough one. I agree with you. Formiga's got some good uh, value here at seventy seven. Figueredo's Freaking tough, man. He's he's good. He averages nearly 100 points uh, a fight, you know. So I'm kind of on the fence. I I see myself maybe sneaking a couple into uh, to some lineups. I can't fade either guy. Um, I think that we may see Figueroa get the finish. So if, if he does win, so he could pay value. But again, uh, for me, got good value at 7700,
3: Greg. Uh-huh. I
1: don't. I like you said about Pena. Uh, let's let's go over Macy Barber first. Hell, we but she fought Hannah Ciphers last time, right? And uh we all played yeah, Hannah Ciphers, right? was yeah, just happened? no, no. Well, Hannah. Well, well, she she did, she
0: did beat Hannah Ciphers, but then Hannah Ciphers has fought since and won.
1: Yeah, Hannah Ciphers won just other uh, just last weekend or what well, week, week right. ago or so. I remember because I had her on my DraftKings, and I didn't but think sure. Like, I remember I threw through. her in here just because. Oh, Barbara just raped her. Made her yeah. look stupid. It was ridiculous. But uh, I don't like Barbara. But like you were saying against uh Aldrich, she's got the wrestling and in, uh, in, it it's a whole different game when you go to the ground, you know. And if Macy Barber can't get up after she gets taken down, that's it's not her ball game, you know. But uh, like Justin said, I think your your value for Macy Barber is probably one of the better ones out there, and uh, she might get a finish here. Uh, which we were talking about women earlier. It doesn't really normally happen, you know, uh, on what occasion. But in uh, Luis Pina, good God, uh, I thought he was talking shit when he said he was going to move down to 45. I thought he was just talking shit because he was over with Daniel Cormier. He just wanted to look cool. He said, I can make 45. I'm 6'3". I could do it. No, but he's going to do it, uh, which makes me want to wait before I actually do pick him. But he is one of my, uh, he's one of my locks for the weekend if he can make the wait. If he he's doesn't make the way, of course he's of off. Value. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think he will get a finish. He's so big and so long. I think he'll get a submission. That's what I. Thought. I don't think he'll knock him out, but I think he'll get a submission. And uh, I'm not even going to touch uh, touch the Brazilians here. I'm not going to touch any one of them. Yeah. But I will tell. lean. Uh, yeah, I will yeah. lean towards uh, how you said, Figueiredo. Uh
0: huh.
1: I will lean towards that way though.
0: Top three fights on the card. Getting to the to the meat of the of the lineup. We've got another late replacement. Originally supposed to be John McDessie taking on um, taking on Nasrat Hockprest, and Jesus Pinedo was supposed to take on Chris Gritzmacher. but Gritzmacher uh, fell out and Hockprest fell out, so they just put them together. And so we've got a lightweight uh, contest, uh, John Mcdessey 16 and six. He's a Canadian taking on Jesus Pinedo. We just saw Pinedo not long ago, and he surprised us, if I can remember. He fought on like that, maybe like it was like an Argentina card or something like that. And he shined. I know that he, he definitely uh, surprised me. And he's 16 and four. And uh, let's we'll see the pricing on these guys here. Macdessy is the favorite, and he's going to be expensive. He's ninety one hundred dollars. And then, if you want to get a shot at Pinedo, he is one of the cheaper options. He's seventy one hundred dollars. Um, uh, Justin, uh, your thoughts? Any anything here on this fight here uh, stand out to you?
2: Yeah, I like uh, Pinedo at the money. I think he's a good value play. Um uh, is good, but. Um Pineda, I think, could come out and surprise us, and I think it's going to be a, a tough, long fight uh, either way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can agree with you there. Greg?
1: Uh, I, I don't know if I really want to touch this, and I was leaning towards uh, McDessie, but, uh, like, but you know, Pineda, he, he did come out. He like, comes out like a world-beater. He's, like, got four losses on his record with one draw. I don't think I really want to touch this. You got – Pineda is ranked 172 in the world, and, uh, you know – McDessy is uh, he's ranked number forty-one. Huge gap in there, and uh, I don't I don't know if the value for uh, John is, is is well worth a nine thousand or whatever he is. I don't think it's worth it. So, like Justin said, I think the value there for Panito is pretty good.
0: I agree. Uh, I think McDessie, If we see a win from McDessie, there's a good chance it's a decision. Uh, I think if we see a win from Panito, he's going to knock him out. So, uh, so that, that's my take. Co-main event, uh, pretty uninspiring to me. Curtis uh, Razor Blades coming off of his knockout loss to Francis Ngannou, he's ten and two, taking on Justin Willis, eight and one. And uh, man, I tell you what, I've not been very impressed with old Justin Willis here, and I really like Curtis Blades wrestling to uh, to rule the day here and him to bounce back. Curtis blades is a heavy favorite though. If you want him, you're going to pay 9,000 and you can get Justin Willis at 7,200. So uh, I feel like, uh, I feel like there's pretty decent value in blades and his wrestling and his ability to score points here. Um, as he tries to kind of get back on track, um, adjusted.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that, you know, Curtis blades, the game plan going in should be take Justin Willis down and, and just beat him up there. Uh, If he does that, he he should be able to get up, you know, first, second round finish. I don't think Willis will be able to get up off of his back. Um, I was able to fit Curtis Blades into uh, at least one or two of my lineups. And uh, I think, you know, he has the potential to pay out out there. Greg?
1: I also like Curtis Blades myself. But uh, here's the thing on, uh, like I said, with the DraftKings lineup. You you can only get so many good guys over you know seventy five hundred or eight thousand you know so I'll be honest uh, I want Curtis Blades to win but when you know as, as of right now on Wednesday with my picks uh, Justin Willis is the one that falls into my slot for the I have to fucking have him sorry <laughs> but yeah that's who I've got right there and but here's here okay now here's my here's my silver lining to that uh, I'm not all impressed with with Willis at all but with that being said. He's a very smart fighter. He's a very technical fighter. He's a very patient fighter, and he's able to wait. On the contradictory to that, Curtis Blaze is not that guy. So if uh, Blaze just runs after him and attacks him, I don't see how Willis is is able to, just like Robbie Lawler jumped on Askren, that's the kind of expectation I'm looking from Blades right here on Willis. Because if he doesn't do that and he doesn't do it quick, I don't see Blades coming out with a victory here because I think it'll it, think it'll turn to a, a later grind fight and Blades will uh, gas out. That's that's the all oh, fuck I gotta take Willis and that's, right. my, that's what I'm my bright side from there. But but if I have to be realistic about it, I think Curtis Blades uh, absolutely murders him in the first round and uh, Willis has no answer. But I'm sorry, I've got to put Willis in my lineup there because he's the one that uh, falls short of my money. That's what I've got in my lineup right there is Willis. Not, not fading Curtis, but if I was putting money on the fight, I'd pick Curtis, but i got got Justin in my lineup. I'll, I'll show you my lineup after the main event. After we get uh, done with
0: the main event, I'll tell you who I've got. Okay. Uh, th- this That fight has has the potential to suck.
1: Yeah, hell yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> especially if Willis wins. Uh, I think he, we can see, uh, I, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that Willis, if he wins, is probably going to be using his footwork and we're going to have a slog of a, of a, of a striking battle between heavyweights that aren't oh, yeah, just, like you know,
1: 60 points a probably. Right. Yeah, that's shitty, right. But.
0: All right, main event. Uh, it is the welterweight debut of Anthony Showtime Pettis takes on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and this is an uphill battle for all Anthony Pettis. Man, it's going to be a pretty good size differential. I think should be fun stylistically. I think it, you know it's intriguing. Uh, if you want Stephen Thompson, he's ninety three hundred. He is the most expensive option on the board, and of course, naturally, that means Pettis is the least expensive, and he is sixty nine hundred. So um, man, I, I've got to go Thompson here. I I don't know necessarily that it equals a whole lot of points if he keeps this thing standing and it just kind of goes to do a decision. But that said, if it does go to a decision, we got five rounds to rack up points. So uh, I can see me getting on board with some uh, some Wonder Boy here,
2: Justin. Yeah, I'm I'm on Stephen Thompson too. I didn't really understand this call out when you know Pettis called out Wonder Boy. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I I don't know. There's something that, that he thinks he's going to be able to, to expose, I guess, because uh Wonder Boy is just, you know, I think way too big and too long. Um, I kind of expect a finish in this fight. I think it, it really looks bad on Wonderboy if he doesn't get a finish in this fight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Greg?
1: I'm uh, absolutely baffled by the matchup. I don't really understand it. Uh, just like Justin said, I don't. Um, I'm not sure why this is here, but, uh, you know, w- w- when I first saw it, I thought that's that's it's an easy no-brainer, Tom- you know, uh, Stephen Thompson. We'll just go ahead and pick him. But then I started thinking about, you know, Anthony Pettis is former world champion, and he ain't no bitch. And, I mean, he probably walks around at 180, you know, 185 or something like that. So 170, he's not really cutting. He might be losing a small, small amount of weight. But uh, I think he just got done fighting 145, didn't he? 145 and 155. He just lost to Tony Ferguson and broke – Broke one of his, one one or both of his hands in that fight, so the, just the fact that he's coming off with a broken hand, not being able to finish the fight with Tony Ferguson, who will probably be the world champion here soon, and uh, five Stephen Thompson, who has come off of two really close fights against uh, Tyrone Woodley, I don't I don't see Anthony Pettis pulling out a victory here, so I'm going to fade him just for that reason. But I also don't know if I can spend ninety three hundred dollars on Stephen Thompson because I don't even you know. I, I, I want to say one more thing. Out of the last events we've had on DraftKings. I think the very bottom guy. He did. did maybe two out of three out of the last. Yeah, the last two out of three have won. Like, like I don't. I'm not going to say Anthony Pettis won, but the last two out of three of the bottom lineups, like 6900, 6200. I think Mike Derek running. Lewis didn't win. Yeah, yeah, I think Derek Lewis didn't win as the only as out of the last three. The other two won, and I wanted to pick him just because I saw the value, and I see value at uh, 6900 because you have got a five round fight. There's a lot of significant strides going to come out of that, so I think that Anthony Pettis has a lot of value at 6,900.
0: I can I can dig it. I can dig playing them both. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if you need salary relief, then you know, and you need to, to pay down somewhere, then I think you could do worse than Anthony Pettis. If he can go the rounds, then it, then he's going to accumulate some points. So I mean, if he can accumulate 60, 70, even in a loss, which is possible, uh, then he he returned value. You know. Um, let's, uh, let's kind of give a quick rundown here uh, before we get to our interview, real quick. Uh, I want to get each one of you guys' uh, lineup super quick. If you, if you had a gun to your head and you got to make one lineup, what's your lineup with, along with your lock and fade of the week? I'll go first. My, my lineup will be uh, centered uh, around uh, paying up for Wonderboy Thompson, Macy Barber, and Curtis Blade. So I'm going all the way up pretty much. And then uh, I'm in my middle-tier middle, middle tier play will be Chris Gutierrez fading Ryan McDonald. And Ryan McDonald will also be my fade of the week. Uh, then I went down low and had to save some money. I went with Steven Peterson for $7,000. Jordan Espinosa for $7,500. Used
2: all my money. Uh, Justin. So, I went with the same way as you did on the on the first three. I got Macy Barber, Curtis Blades, and he was Stephen Thompson. Um, but then I got uh, Formego, Margos, and uh, Pinedo. Um, I think the, my biggest lock on on the week is probably going to be Macy Barber.
0: I like it. And who won't show up on any of your lineups?
2: Um. Probably, uh, probably Jennifer Maya. I can dig it. Greg.
1: Well, I'm, I've got a few lineups, but I'm going to go through this one here. I've got Macy Barber, and, uh, I've got Chris Gutierrez, F- uh, Faded McDonald there. I've got McDessie, but again, this is gun to my head right now, and I'm trying to uh, make my pick, and you got some fucking asshole <laughs> driving by me right now. Uh, I've got Marcos, I've got Moffitt, and I've got Pettis on there. And, again, I don't really particularly love this lineup, but this is going to be entered in like a $1. But I've got a lot to do, and we got to watch the weigh-ins. Pina will be on my lineup if he makes way. If he makes way, he will be on my lineup. Uh, if he's not, I'll probably take the up-hundred and go with Steven Thompson on there and keep Pettis at the bottom. But all around, we still got, you know what, Couple more days till weigh-ins, and I just want to see how everybody looks and feels afterwards before I make my final pick. And I always do that, but uh, I just want to see how this week it goes. It's very competitive this week, and I really wish I could actually go to it. But like I said, I want to wait till Atlanta. So, uh, what do you got, Tim? What's you What's your lineup looking like?
0: Uh you know, I think we uh, Justin and I were real close to the same at the top. Uh, like I said, Macy, Macy Barber, Stephen Thompson, Curtis Blades are my top uh, dollar plays, and then I got Chris Gutierrez. Uh, Jordan Espinosa and Steven Peterson to round it out. Uh, I'm sure I will yeah, play around have. with some with some other things, but that's uh, that's what I'm looking at right now.
1: Yeah, that's pretty solid. I I don't like my lineup as of right now, and I'm going to change it back and forth because I'm going to enter that fifteen dollar bitch this weekend and win a hundred grand. Because I feel like I'd have done really well that that last time. I was, you know, we had our three way there, and I was. Oh uh, yeah.
0: You know, I'm I, I tell it you it what, forever. man, uh, that and that and that's a big that's a big contest this weekend again on DraftKings, like you mentioned, $15 entry, first place guaranteed $100,000. So uh, take a shot at it, you know, and uh, hopefully we, we want to play DraftKings with all of you guys out there, hopefully by next week. And I'm confident by next week we will have our affiliate program set up with DraftKings. So we'll we'll have games for you guys to, to jump in, play with us, and uh, there'll be sign up bonuses for you and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and we'll get into that next week. That's going to wrap up our uh, UFC on ESPN plus six usc nashville card uh coming up this saturday at the bridgestone arena uh we are going to uh check back in next week and do a quick recap of how this all went and then it's almost time for valor 57 we'll have to get some more interviews going for next week as well we're about to get to our one interview this week i'm gonna let justin get on out of here uh and uh, greg and i will uh will wrap this thing up as we get gina elliott on the phone best of luck with your DraftKings plays this weekend justin we'll talk next week my man
2: you boys take it easy
0: All right, on the line, I am pleased to announce we've got Gina Elliott on the line here. She is one half of the main event coming up here in just a couple weeks for Valor 57. It's going down April the 5th at the Cotton Eye Joe. She'll be at the main event taking on Shamir Peshewa. How's it going, Gina? It's going really well. How are you guys
3: doing?
0: Really, really good. We appreciate you taking some time out of your training. I know you're you're kind of probably coming up on your hell week here pretty soon. Uh, that that final push uh, for this fight, and uh, so definitely appreciate you taking a little bit of time to chat with us before before we dive into things too too much. Uh, Gina Elliott uh, is uh, your ma- your married name, formerly known as Gina Begley uh, for people that want to look you up and see some of your older fights and whatnot. You're an Invicta vet. You're a, you're a veteran and a, and honestly a pioneer uh, for women's MMA especially in the Southeast. Uh, you know, you've been around for a while and, and really kind of seen uh, the changes and the growth of, uh, of the sport throughout the years. Uh, but for those that aren't really uh, familiar with you, I'd like to get everyone kind of up to speed and kind of just give us a quick background on, you know, uh, your, how you got into MMA and, and just kind of your, your journey up until this point.
3: Okay. Uh, sure. So, um, I never originally had any inclination that I would fight or be involved in mixed martial arts. Um, you know, I just happened to be lucky enough that the, that the gym in my town um, was a mixed martial arts gym, and they had Muay Thai kickboxing, which I wanted to do for fitness. And then um, my son, who was four at the time, got involved in their youth program that was focused primarily on jujitsu. Um, he was actually kind of struggling a little bit, so I was trying to help him out, and I, I got involved in the jujitsu to to help him uh, kind of catch him up to speed because he was young and they did let him start young, but um, he was very athletic, I guess, and very energetic. Um, so, you know, Muay Thai kickboxing was for fitness, and, you know, it's kind of a neat skill to learn. And then the, the jujitsu was just kind of an addition to that to help my son kind of. Uh, Progress so that I could understand what he was doing so I could help him. But um, initially, jiu-jitsu wasn't really my interest. After I started training it a little more serious, I, um, I thought that I really didn't enjoy it. And um, we just, you know, I kept going anyways. He was still doing it. He was enjoying it. He was enjoying the wrestling aspect of it. And I guess it wasn't too you know, it wasn't too much into it. I had a, a friend who was going with me and, and she said that she wanted to fight. She wanted to be a part of the fight team. And I just thought that was crazy because I mean, have you seen what they do? <laughs> and uh, you know, she joined, she wanted to join the fight team and, and I just thought that was kind of silly. Like that's not what we're here for. We're, we're moms, you know? Um, and, and then she ended up actually quitting and probably six months later, You know, I was really nervous about asking the coach, but uh, I felt like, what are we doing all this training for if we don't test it out? So there was a competition that a few people were were talking about doing. So, you know, I asked if if we could, you know, try out the jujitsu competition just to, you know, just to kind of see if we could use what we were learning when it counts. And uh, I didn't want to push my son to do something that I wasn't willing to do myself. So we both decided to do it. So my first uh, competition was actually in jiu-jitsu down in um, Somerset, Kentucky, where my, I just took my team last week um, with uh, East-West Karate. And um, the highest, and I think it was called then, was uh, Jess and Ava Turner, who have been doing it, and they just celebrated their 20-year anniversary. And, uh, you know, I did well. I won, I think, double gold, and my son won. Um It's probably one of my fondest videos on Facebook that I have that will pop up as his first competition. Nice. Um, But anyway, we kept training. And I really, like I said, I didn't really enjoy the jiu-jitsu, but I I thought myself to be a striker. And I trained Muay Thai more consistently, more, um, I guess, with more vigor. (laughs) And so a Muay Thai fight came up. And so then I went and entered a tournament for a Muay Thai kickboxing event probably six months after that. And um, I actually uh, won the tournament. I was the tournament champion for 129 and under. And so later on down the road, I guess another year later, um, there was an all-female event for MMA. And Jessamyn Duke, uh, who was training with us at that time, um, got on that event. And um, that was my first initiation to what MMA was other than, you know, seeing it on television, seeing that, you know, Ron, not Ron but Chris Cyborg and, uh, and Gina Carano fight. Um, that was my first initiation to what MMA, you know, was for women. Um, other than like some old like events that I had been, you know, a few years prior where I didn't understand. Um, and then from there, it was like you know all these ladies were back there doing things that I felt like you know I, I was fully capable of doing. So I, I had my first fight, and uh, it just kind of has went from there. <laughs> like I think that was. Almost ten years ago, 2011, maybe.
0: And you know that in thinking about it, it there that you probably really had to, to dig to find to find competitors. Now there's you know a, a, a much. Uh, larger uh, population, if you will, for, for women's MMA, it's really growing, it's exploding. But, you know, in, 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 in that, in that time, uh, you know, you probably really had to go uh, to, to really, really potentially uh, three, four or five hours out to, to find, uh, you know, other females that were training seriously.
3: Um, I, I think that's kind of the, the key point there, other females who were training seriously. Um, <laughs> when, when I started out, you know, you could get a fight, um but it was really a toss up. It was either you were fighting probably somebody similar to you who, who trained serious and and really took it serious and you know, even though we were amateurs, we were training like professionals, or it was, you know, somebody who kinda trained. Um so that was what I think we had a lot of um uh, and you know, then when I first started. Um but you know, even in jujitsu I think the first big jiu-jitsu tournament that I went to um I had to go all the way like I had went to a jiu-jitsu tournament here or there and there might be one girl who was relatively close to my weight class and you know I, I have videos of where I would go to a tournament and there wouldn't be any girls and so we would get thrown into the guys brackets um which you know wasn't a very big deal um but for my first the first time that I actually went against a lot of other girls. I had to actually drive all the way down to Atlanta, Georgia and enter a Naga where there was, you know, a lot of, a lot of women that were doing jujitsu and, and things like that. But I don't think that I ever really had too much issue because it was just blowing up in popularity at that time. You know, when I think of pioneers of of, of WMMA, I'm thinking, you know, Tara LaRosa and and, sure. and, and Chyna Baszler and Debbie Purcell who probably actually had a terrible time finding fights, but I don't think it was that difficult for for me um, because I came in at a time when it was just kind of blowing up um, pre Invicta, I guess. But uh, a lot of promoters were scrambling to, to really put the female fights on there on the card. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so of course, uh, you are, you're coming up on, uh, you know, a main event here for you. It's been, a, it's been a little bit since you've competed in, in MMA. You've done, uh, grappling competitions, as you mentioned, uh, I, I, my co-host, uh, Greg, he does the commentary on flow combat for us. What you got for Gina?
1: Hey, Gina. Hi. Uh, just had a, I wanted to touch base on something you said, uh, that I, I really appreciate you saying, you said you were fortunate and lucky enough to. To have a gym in your hometown i don 't think a lot of people understand what you said right there because me myself, I had to travel forty five minutes to an hour anywhere I want to go to work out, and that sucks mm-hmm. it really does and for you to actually stand up and say that right there, a lot of people don 't really appreciate that like I wish I had something right here in my hometown that was worth going to. you know what i 'm saying and uh, I have to try I have to travel a little bit, but uh I was going to ask you um you and you and Shamir have already grappled before and, uh, you came out the victor on that. I was just wondering in this fight, you know, you just got done establishing that you like striking better and you like to do this and that better. But, uh, do you feel like maybe you're the uh, superior fighter coming into this event or maybe, I mean, if you need to, you know, touch base on a few things and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, play some touch up. I don't know. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, you know, what you expect coming into this fight and how your trainings come along and what you've done different since y'all have grappled.
3: Okay. Um, Well, just to kind of hit on getting lucky enough, I'm married to him now, (laughs) but um, my coach at the time was in Richmond, Kentucky, um, because he actually taught for EKU. Um, You can take, it was one of the first college accredited courses um, in the nation for teaching martial arts and actually actually getting college credit. Um, So, you know, when I say fortunate enough, and and we still see it now, there's a lot of guys who, who, I mean, they they. Have an idea, and they think that they can teach other people, but they don't really know exactly what they're doing. They don't study it like you know a true professional. I think at times, and I was lucky enough that he happened to be here um, because I didn't know any better. And you don't know what you don't know. You know, I find people all the time who come in and they say, oh, "I want to kickbox," and they think that you know side punching out to the side. I'm like, we. I would never teach anybody to do that. It's useless. <laughs> um, but. I, I started off, like I said, in kickboxing. I thought uh, I've always fancied myself a striker. Um, you know, I, that has not been the case when I actually fought MMA because everybody always wants to grab and you end up on the ground. So I ended up winning most of my amateur fights by by submission, um, which was funny because I was very resistant to to jujitsu. I just I, I, I trained it because I had to because our coach was very adamant about the fact that if you're going to do mma you can't go in unprepared you have to train the ground and so we've always trained striking and the ground and then put them together um i did you know i have fought um, muay thai kickboxing i guess four times i entered one of the largest tournaments in the in the united states in the tba uh tournament that's held in iowa um you know i have a knockout there um I fought professional boxing against Shannon Sin, who was also an Invicta fighter, which was, you know, my second time fighting her, which was a split draw. Um, And then, you know, I've got, overall, I guess I have about 17 ring fights, um, not including all of my jiu-jitsu experience. Um, But at the end of the day, when it came down to it, uh, jiu-jitsu is just kind of um, what I always fall back on. Um, it's always, you know, kind of been where the where the fight ends up, and um, I've I've learned to love it <laughs> after after a, a decade. Uh, but I've always trained both of them, both striking and the ground game um, equally. I never you know put one over the other. It's just I enjoyed one more than the other. Um, but just kind of going into this fight, I, I listened to Shamir's interview talking about the fight. And, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about how I am, you know, a brown belt and, you know, she's, uh, I think she's a four-striped blue belt. And there wasn't a lot of discussion about my striking, um, you know, and, and I actually have quite a bit of, of striking experience. Um, and, and I don't know, like, I don't, I don't feel like that going into this fight – you know, oh, it's not jujitsu now that she can hit you. You're at a disadvantage. Like, I definitely don't sure. feel that now that you know we can hit each other that that in any way puts me at some disadvantage after having grappled. Um, so I mean, I'm not gonna say that you know that it it puts me a leg up, but I mean, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make me feel like oh no, now they can hit me.
0: <laughs> right. Hey, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that we heard that because honestly, I've got to say I've always kind of just. From the outside looking in have pegged you as more of a grappling specialist uh and and it may just be because i see that most of your wins are by submission but when you tell me you know you you've t- you've told us new things here tonight and i'm sure greg will be able to use this uh to his advantage in commentary uh most likely on the flow combat uh, co- uh broadcast so that's really good good info to hear yeah. because uh, i've always you know. pegged you as a grappling specialist so knowing that you've got that striking right. background and you're going to be ready to, for that as well
3: well, you know, just, and, you know, talking about me being a brown belt, like actually in the Thai Boxing Association, we get ranked, it's not a belt, it's an armband, um, but, you know, to it, to kind of equate it, I'm actually what you'd call like a, I mean, it's black profite, but, you know, what that would mean to you is like a black belt in Muay Thai kickboxing. Um, so I'm, okay. I'm a little higher ranked in <laughs> my striking than I nice. am, my, my jujitsu.
0: That is uh, that is certainly great information. And, you know, it's uh, it's it's MMA. And so and so I, I I certainly wouldn't expect you to come any any less prepared in, in, in any one area. You're coming into her backyard here. You know that uh, obviously you've been down here before in and grappled her and, you know, got the submission in that uh, in that in that contest uh did uh, you know moving forward obviously we know we were incorporating striking in, striking into this so uh you know Shamir has has kind of gone on the record saying you know she wants to she wants to bang it out she wants to strike uh but of course she'll she'll be ready wherever it goes is this a pretty good indication that we're going to get a, a a pretty good uh, little striking affair at least early hopefully uh you know you were saying earlier that a lot of the times your opponents are who in, initiate that that clinch or or or, or dive in for for a takedown, uh, kind of, you know, uh, making you making you have to submit them. Uh, you know, is this a good chance we're going to get to see some some uh, some ladies throw down in the main event, and it's going to be rowdy.
3: Uh, you know, I just want to win. I want to win in any in any way that's that's necessary. Um, I think the reason that a lot of people have always initiated trying to grab me when uh, when the striking hits is because even though I I don't look. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, let's be honest. You can look at my pictures online. Like I don't look very physically imposing, um, you know, and at times I look soft as medicated cotton, but, <laughs> um, the reason I think that's always been is because, uh, it's very deceptive. Like I actually hit really hard, um, and, and, and I'm actually pretty fast. So I think that, you know, uh, a lot of times it's that thing of like, oh shit, she's hitting me. <laughs> 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 and, um. So, you know, that's, that's usually, I think what's been the initiated, the, the, the clinch of the takedown or something like that. Um, but I, I mean, I don't care. I, I just, I'm going to win. That's, that's what I want to do. And I don't, I don't care how it happens. Like that's, that's what I, I want to do. And as for, you know, coming into somebody else's territory, I mean, if you look at my record, that's been the, that's been the story of my life. <laughs> I've fought all over the United States, um, I've fought as the underdog, you know, probably 90% of the time. I mean, I've fought, um, against odds. Like I've flown out to Colorado and, and fought there. I've fought, you know, for RFA, uh, fought for Invicta on a week's notice against Sejira, um, Eubanks, who's, you yeah. know, in the UFC. I fought Caitlin Chukagan up in Ohio. So, you know, it's been actually ultra rare that I have been able to fight at home and, and have, you know, my people there. Knoxville is close enough. And it's close enough to where I'm from that actually it's it's it, it makes it a lot easier for people to come see me because I'm from Southeast Kentucky. Um, I'm having to enunciate because you know Danny Harris was actually come down to train with me this weekend because she's about Shamir's size and height and and weight and things. Um, she says you can't understand me if if I don't enunciate. <laughs> the Southeast Kentucky comes out real bad, um, but you know Knoxville I think is about. 45 minutes from my hometown. So that actually gives a lot of people an opportunity to come out and watch me who've never been able to, you know, because I've been over in Kansas City or I've been over in Colorado or I've been, you know, wherever it is that I've been fighting, um, it gives them an opportunity to come see me. So it's almost kind of like fighting at home for me.
0: Yeah, that, I'm excited. I'm excited for that because, uh, you know, we're going to obviously have some Gina Elliott fans in the house as well. And uh, that always makes for for a, for a, an awesome vibe. And, uh, you know, you've been to this venue, you know, it's a it's a uh, it's a honky tonk. It's a big it's a big honky tonk. And it's a uh, it's a great place for fights because it's so intimate and you can get so the fans can get pretty close, you know, to, to the action. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, before we let you go, I want to let you give some shout outs for their deuce. Any kind of Sponsor love, uh, training partners, uh, and all that stuff, and and also uh, where people can follow you on your social media.
3: Okay. Um, I'll give a shout out first and foremost to all of my teammates um, at the AFS Academy, 10th Planet Richmond, and of course, 10th Planet Worldwide. Um, you know, I have some of my main training partners, um, but I have my coach, uh, Scott Elliott, who is just a, a, a wizard when it comes to martial arts. Um, He's great at being able to make us all very um, versatile. You know, we had a guy who is doing well, like trying to do bare-knuckle boxing, and we're just able to use everything that we do to, you know, do a lot of different things. Um, So I want to give him a shout-out. My teammates who helped me train, Adam Fritz, uh, Linda Mahalik, and, um, you know, I got quite a few more um, that helped me out as well. And then um, to my sponsors, Bluegrass MMA has supported me from my very first fight. They've always been um, very supportive of everything I do. So Gary Thomas and all those guys there, I want to give them a shout out. Um, Roger Mitterling has always been very supportive of what I'm doing, so I want to give him a shout out. And then um, Ground Shark Coffee, they are out of Colorado. They um, make the best coffee I've ever drank in my life. So, and they're not super expensive. So if you want, you love coffee, um, and they're and the way they sell it is based on belt rank. So it's kind of neat. Um, uh-huh. But anyways, check them out. And then, of course, Six Chic Fighter, uh, Wendy Jarva uh, has an amazing company with them, um, primarily focuses on on athletic wear for jujitsu and stuff for women, so make sure you give them a follow. And then you can find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, which is not something I use a whole lot, but, I mean, I'm there. Um, Instagram, I think it's Gina E10T, um, if you want to give me a follow and find me, Gina Elliott, and uh, that's really it. <laughs>
0: Once again, this has been one half of your main event coming up for Valor Fifty Seven. It all goes down to April the fifth, Knoxville, Tennessee, at the Cotton Eye. Joe. Gina Elliott taking on Shamir Peshewa. Thanks so much time, or sorry, thanks so much for your time, Gina. I know uh, you've got a busy training schedule, and we're really looking forward to having you down here in Knoxville at Valor Fifty Seven. Best of luck to you, and uh, looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks.
3: All right, thank you. Bye bye.
0: All right, that does it for another edition of the Valor Hour. Thanks so much to our guest, Gina Elliott, for joining us tonight ahead of her main event at Valor 57 coming up in a couple weeks. Thanks, as always, to my co-host, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins. Till next week, I'm Tim Lloyd signing out. Valor Hour. Later. is an MMA report with Jason Floyd. Quick fix on Radio Influence.
1: Coming up on this week's edition of the MMA Report podcast, I'm going to be talking to two fighters. I'll be fighting on Friday night at Bellator 218, Emmanuel Sanchez and Lynn Vassell. Plus, I'll be joined by Chris Gutierrez, who fights on Saturday at the UFC Fight Night card, in Nashville, plus a former Bellator UFC fighter, Matt Pissett, joins me to talk about his fight next week at CES 55.
0: And of course, we'll talk about the huge shift in the industry as UFC's pay-per-views move solely to ESPN Plus in America, late breaking news with TJ Dillashaw, and of course, a recap of UFC London and a preview of UFC Nashville and Bellator 218.
1: And you can listen to the M. Report podcast on RadioInfluence.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play.
0: The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.